All right, John. All right, welcome back. This is uh, Two Beards in a Bible. I'm John Sueno. I'm Dave Tenney. And uh, we are, uh, well, where are we? Luke 19? Luke 19. All right. We kind of skipped ahead talking in the break here. Right. Uh, where we were heading to. And Right. Uh, speaking about Zacchaeus. Yes. Uh, here, uh, uh, I guess. Well, actually, some... we got to go back to Matthew chapter 20. Oh, okay. We can't go straight to Zacchaeus. Okay. Because we got to finish Matthew chapter 20. All righty. All right, where did we leave off there? Uh, verse 29. Okay, I'll Just a few verses. You want to read that? I'll read that. Now, as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they had heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. And the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Okay. I, I had to, The first thing I noticed was they were in Jericho. Oh, okay. Wasn't those? That's the walls that came down, right? Yeah. Yeah, in Joshua chapter 6. That's when the people like went around the city and, the city and they shouted. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason I brought that up is uh, in Joshua 6 and verse 26, so after they've, they've knocked down the walls of Jericho and they trampled the city, it says, Joshua charged them at that time saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city Jericho. He shall lay its foundation with his firstborn, and with his youngest he shall set up its gates. Hmm. And that was fulfilled in 1 Kings chapter 16. Huh. So if we go over there, this is, a, this is called a detour, John. Right. 1 Kings uh, chapter following. <laughs> I think it was verse 21 or something. Uh, first thing, uh, happens. I gotta go back to, to Joshua and see where that note was. 1634. Uh, it says, uh, so it talks about Basha. Um, oh no, no, 16. In the days of Hiel of Bethel, built Jericho, he laid its foundation with Abram, his firstborn, and with his youngest son, Segev, he set up its gates, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken through Joshua, the son of Nun. So, there you go. There you go. Nice. Divine providence at work. Very good. There's our little uh, Jericho uh, uh, side trip. That's a good detour. Yes. <laughs> So that's where that's where Jesus is at, right, right there to to bring us back to remembrance all of those things. There's a couple yeah. of blind fellows over there, and uh, they're trying to get Jesus's attention, and uh, people are trying to shut him up. Yeah, be quiet. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they like get desperate. Mm -hmm. Then they're really they're really yelling, and, and you know <clears throat> that's a good example for us, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know how many uh, how many times 
in the life of a Christian are people going to say, would you just stop it yes. already? I mean, why, why, do you, why do you have to do all these things? Just, you know, live your life. Yep. And, and, and that's when we should cry all the louder. Yes, absolutely. That'll preach. And we, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jesus stops and he says, what do you want me to do for you? Yeah. And they say, well, we want our eyes open. So he has compassion. He, he touches their eyes, they're healed. Yeah. And they followed him. Yeah. You know, and I think we read uh, some weeks ago where Jesus had made a, a mud uh, paste out of, out of a spittle. And, yep. And dust and put it on somebody's eyes, and they were and told them to go wash, yes. and they and uh, and their eyes were opened. And here, he just touched, touched their eyes, and, and and they were open. So, yes, you know he is Christ. He can do whatever he, he can, wants. He do it however he wants to. Right. Absolutely. And and each one of those, whether whether we get it or not, uh, each each of those things that he does, there's there's a there's there's a lesson in it. There's a meaning yes. in it. And um, and yeah, so. Here we have him opening the eyes of somebody, and it really, you know, had to really drive it home for those people that were telling him to be quiet. You know that. Oh yeah, that was a humbling experience, yeah. and and you know they realized that they they ought to have been the ones that were being quiet. Yes, absolutely. Now let's go to Zacchaeus. Okay, very good. Luke chapter nineteen. Yep. If you want, how to read, far do we want to read before we oh, stop? Let's see here. Well, just I'm glad you're here to tell me how far to read. And so on. <laughs> well, you're just gonna have to give me a second. You're you're in such a hurry. <laughs> uh, how about uh, verse ten? All right, first ten verses. All right, then then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus took and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Okay. All right. I know you're you you got something good on this. Well, on the way over here, this isn't horribly profound or anything. Oh. But on the way over here, I uh, called my wife because I had remembered that when she used to teach uh, teach Bible classes, there was a there was a song that they would sing. Oh yes. And so we have Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Now, we, I don't know if we want to sing this. <laughs> I can't remember how the tune goes. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, neither neither do I. But anyway, so so you know, it just uh, just this just came to mind. So Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. For I'm going to your house today. 
So, you know, it's something that we, uh, you know, maybe use for our children to help them remember yep. the story and so on. Uh, even if I can't remember the tune. Yeah, I can't but, remember. But anyways, whatever. But it, it's, uh, again, you have this, this man who, you know, struggled to be able to, to see the Lord. He was waiting anxiously for, the, for, for, uh, for him. And wouldn't you know it, Christ called upon him. And, you know, he, he calls upon those that are seeking him. Yeah. You know, he calls on he calls for everybody, of course, and desires that all men come to the knowledge of the truth. But, uh, you know, he knew that Zacchaeus was, was seeking after him. And, and what did he do when he came down out of the tree uh, at the Lord's command, but he received him gladly yeah. you know, and, and took him to his house? I can't help but think that, like, most wealthy people... Are not the kind of people who climb trees, right? That's right. not that's not a thing typically, because it'd be like you know beneath them to do something like that, right? So I mean, it's kind of funny to see Bill Gates in a tree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine Bill Gates climbing up on a tree? No, right? No. So he'd hire you know somebody to carry him up there, Arnold Schwarzenegger to carry him up there. But anyways, um, you know. I think that just shows it's like he, it was so important that like he didn't, he did this thing that maybe somebody else might look down upon him or it was not befitting for him to do, but he was, he wanted to see Jesus. And I don't know if it means anything, but it's, it's, it's written in the record here that he was of short stature. Yeah. So, you know, he, he probably was one that would just disappear into the crowd. Yeah, you know, and, and probably wasn't thought much about, but also I can't help but think it was probably a little more difficult for him to get up in that tree than probably. Most. Yeah, you know, it, it took a he, he had to struggle to do that. I at least I I would imagine so. The whole thing just shows that this guy this was this was important to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not worried about what people are thinking about him. He, he's got to struggle to get up in this thing. He don't care, right? And, and, and how, you know, people obviously making fun of him and so on, and, and, and uh, it would be, wouldn't be the most uh, glorious place to be. And how'd you like to be him, and here comes Jesus, and he knows your name. Right. <laughs> yeah. Calls, calls you out. And, um, and you know, on one, on, one, on one hand, that would be exciting, and, and uh, it would be... Uh, Humbling at the same yeah. time, you know, and uh, you know, he and he, you know, he says, "I'm going to go to your house today." You know, I mean, how would you react if somebody said, you know, let's say the president's coming through town and says, "Hey, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to stay at your house tonight." That's why you know that, that <laughs> might that might put. I ain't got room for ninety Secret Service guys though. I can I can give you a pistol. You're on your own. <laughs> um, that might put uh, that might put uh, put us in a little bit of a hurry, thinking, "Oh, you know, it, it, we got to straighten up." We yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah. You know, to to be able to to give that hospitality right away. I mean, we should we should be able to. We should be willing. To. Yes. But uh, you know, there again, you know, him being put on the spot, and he and he follows through, and he received him joyfully. Yeah, and, and the other thing is you, you also see the joy of Jesus in mm-hmm. this. You know, because he is, he, you know, he says, uh, if today 
salvation has come to this house. And he says, I'm, it says, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. He's, he's excited about mm-hmm. this. Jesus is as well. So um, I, I think like uh, when we talk about Jesus loving as a man, you know, this is an example of, uh, I think, of one of the examples of joy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he's, absolutely. He experienced all the human emotions. And we have the same old tired thing from the Jews. When they saw it, they all complained, saying he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Yeah. You know, like they knew his heart. We've seen that play out over and over again, and it's the same old complaint. Yeah. And and was Zacchaeus a sinner? He says, look, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor. Mm -hmm. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Mm -hmm. This guy actually sounds pretty awesome. Right. You know, pay your mortgage payment in fourfold. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a tall order, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's that's so classic parable, classic Bible story. Yeah, uh, we teach it to kids, but there's a lot of adult lessons in there as well. Absolutely. You know. So we are going to now talk about the parable of the Minas. Is that how you say that? Minas, Minas, Minas. Yeah. The Minas, the down in Kentucky. The coal yeah, mine No, no. I get mine out of Pennsylvania. Oh, do you? <laughs> oh, do you now? <laughs> um, what is that? Is that anthracite coal yeah. that you use? Yes, yeah, yeah. So John heats his house with coal. You know, if you're if you live in a warm climate, you probably can't fathom that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but here in Ohio, and uh, I know this is being aired what in July, I believe, but right now we're recording it in January. Mm-hmm. And it's cold. Yeah. Super cold. So let's put our hearts to July. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read. Well, good grief, what's going on out there? Somebody... Oh, it's a, it's a, uh, there's a, there's a Nerf gun war going on in the next part of the house. <laughs> we can see it, but we can't hear it. Um, I'm going to read, I don't know, till 18. It says, now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded those servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. And then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant, because you are faithful in very little, you have authority over ten cities. And the second handed him, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, you will also be over five cities. John, you pick it up. Then another came saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept and put away in a handkerchief, for I feared you because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank? That at my coming I might have collected it with interest. 
And then he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him, and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that to everyone who has, who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, and slay them before me. Okay, so <clears throat> he's kind of talking about the kingdom of heaven here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, there's these, like, themes of judgment and these themes of, um, of doing, um, of, of being responsible with the things that we were given. Mm-hmm. I think those are kind of the, the ideas in here. Right. Um, so he, he speaks this parable... When he gets near Jerusalem, he says, because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. It seems like they think, oh, he's going to go into Jerusalem and throw the Romans out right now. Right. And that's not right what he was doing. And uh, it's just, we pointed this out before, but, you know, the Jews thought that the the kingdom of God was going to be a physical, earthly kingdom. Right. And it was going to be a spiritual kingdom, and they didn't understand that. Yeah, and it's hard as human beings to get our minds out of the the here and the now and the physical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Easier for us, I think, because we have God's complete revealed word. Right. And they didn't. Right. How much is a mina worth? Well, as we were Googling, you know, leading up to this, as far as I can tell, $2.60 in today's money. So it wasn't a, a lot, yeah. But uh, you know, nonetheless, you see there that uh, the the lesson being that whatever you've been given, that you should you should you should work with it, and, and, and even if it's just a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I can tell you, you know, just speaking speaking of of uh, of, of money, you know, it doesn't take much to to make some, you know, yeah. and. You know, I uh, I remember sitting with an investment advisor with my parents years ago, and the guy leaned over the desk, and, you know, the small town I grew up in, he said, you would be surprised how many little old ladies in this town, you know, that probably eat cat food for dinner are millionaires, you know, because they have been good with their money, and they've put away a little bit yeah. of money at a time. And, and uh, so, you know, a lot of times, you, now switching to spiritual... You know, we think that <clears throat> we need to do something great. Well, I can't do anything because I don't have, I'm not able to speak. I can't talk I, to people. I can't lead singing. I can't lead a prayer. Right. I can't do this. I can't do that. Well, you can do something. You know? You know. I always say, well, you, know, you can clean the building. Right. I can't do that. Wait a second. <laughs> right. You know, and, and, and things like that, you really can do them into the Lord. You know, yeah. and, and uh, whatever the service may be, you know, I, I'm thankful for those that, that uh, are able to uh, uh, keep up with the hospitality of yeah. uh, of others and so on. And I know that you and I have both been the uh, on the receiving end of yes, a lot absolutely. of hospitality of the brethren. And and there's you know even you know there there are those I know at Medina. And I'm I'm sure at, uh, at Worcester and, and all all the all the different congregations around us. There are those that. You know, take it upon themselves to you know send cards regularly and yes. and keep on top of you know reminding others that we're thinking of. Yeah, you know it, it's uh, 
And that's something that personally is difficult for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've just never been a card writer, but yeah. I should, but but I should be. But I'm thankful for those people that that uh, that do those things because it really does make a difference. One of the things, uh, now we 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 attend um, we attend actually two different congregations. Uh, we we are members at a at a congregation in Worcester, but they. They really don't have any kids in older congregation, and we go on Wednesday nights to this other congregation. So we end up, Julie and I, we clean both buildings. Oh. We do cleaning for both buildings. And when I was younger, you know, a younger Christian, then we would clean, and it would make me mad because other people weren't doing it. Right. But, uh, in the last few years, I've realized that that doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Because I'm not doing it for other people. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it, it's something I'm doing. And whether other people do it or not, it's not my problem. It's, it's me, it's my service to do these things. It goes back to the parable of the vineyard workers, yes. you know. Uh, you know, keeping your eyes on your own. Yeah. On your own work. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and who knows, one of the things that I always try to keep, focused on is you know maybe maybe it's not within the ability of of a person to do to do something maybe they, maybe they don't maybe they can't do that or maybe maybe that's not something that they're prepared to do yet and and or they, maybe they think they or they know that they should do it and they decide not to and it could be but that's that's the, on them right in the end it's not on me and it's not my it's not my uh, it's not my end of the stick to whittle on, right? right. I mean, the, the the thing that we can do is to be encouraging, yeah, and uh, help if, if we if we see that there's a, an area that uh, we could help them, you yeah. know, then, then then maybe someday they will grow to be yeah strong and. I think strong. I think you do the thing that's right to be a good example to mm -hmm. others, and you hope that eventually maybe they'll say, oh. Maybe we should do this or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. Or maybe, maybe we shouldn't participate in this thing because somebody, you know. Right. So, it's our it's our uh, our opportunity to be a good example. Mm -hmm. Getting back to this parable here. So, how, well, we're, how long are we? This way. Oh, we're at twenty two <laughs> minutes or something like that. Yep, twenty two. I think we can get through this. <laughs> so, right. so it talks about this certain nobleman and. I don't know. Do you think the nobleman is is Christ? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I, I think so too. So a certain nobleman he goes into a far country and he's going to get himself a kingdom. He's going to mm -hmm. receive a kingdom, and he has servants, which I would mean I would take it to mean he's talking about the Jews here, mm -hmm. and uh, and he gives them some things to be responsible for. Right. And some of them are responsible for those things, and some of them aren't. Mm -hmm. And uh, and when he comes back, he takes account. Mm -hmm. Now, there's another uh, parable that's very similar to this. Right. You know, it would be the uh, parable of the talents, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is, it is a very similar meaning. So, uh, the one guy turns one mina into ten, and he's given a certain amount of responsibility. And the other one gives... Uh, he, he takes five and he and he makes five, and mm -hmm. uh, and I think that the thing he's pointing out is is that you know 
you don't have to do not everybody's gonna do as as good as everybody else but everybody's got to do something right you know yeah and and just you know th thinking uh you know in in a business let's say let's say you own a business and there are several locations and you've got a manager that's able to manage you know two locations really really well and and that location is making money hand over fist and you need to open another location and you're going to send that guy out there to to, to do his magic there as well. Yeah. You know, and, and it kind of, it all lines up here. You know, we're, th we're speaking spiritually when yeah. it comes to, you know, the parable here. But, um, you know, it just makes sense. If you just think about it that way, you know, that why wouldn't God do just what he's talking about yeah. there with, with the spiritual thing? Yeah. So then he's got this guy who has given, he was given a responsibility and he hides it. Mm-hmm. You know, so in the, in the parable of the talents, he, he hids his talent. And a lot of times preachers use that to talk about your talents, which right. actually kind of bugs me because that's not what he's talking about. He's talking right. about. But, you know, the, this idea of um, you were given this uh, responsibility and you shirked it. Right. And I think that's, even in the parable of talents, I think that's a, personally a better way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Because when people start talking about talents and they start using the English definition of, you know, oh, I'm a skillful woodcarver. Right. This is my talent. It's not, it's not what he's talking about. Right. He's talking about responsibilities. Right. And uh, this is the same way. Yeah. You know, and, and as, um, um, as Christians, you know, we each have those things which we can do. And, yeah. and that's that's exactly what we should we we should we should build upon that, you yeah. know. And, and if we if we are able to do something, then then, then let's let's grow with that and let's continue uh, to help broaden the borders of the kingdom. And yeah. that's what's what the Lord is, yeah, obviously desiring. The one thing, and 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 this is not a talent. It's the responsibility of other of all Christians. To talk to others about Jesus. Yeah. That is not a talent. That's a responsibility right. of every single Christian. Right. It's not the preacher's job. Right. I mean, it's one of his jobs, but right. it's it's the same as it is for everybody else. Right. Yeah, and that you know, the preacher is no different than than anybody else sitting in the pews. You yeah. know, there's a, uh, they're they're a servant just the same way, and, and that's uh, that's another whole tangent about how the world looks at. The preacher and thinks that they're in charge or something. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly, <laughs> but, exactly. You know, you, we we've been given our minds. We've been given a space within between our ears that we our job is to fill it with the knowledge of the Lord, and so that's 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 one way. You yeah, know, you know, if we, if we stick our head in the sand and we don't do anything with what we've been given, whether it be the word, whether it be our mind, uh, yeah. you know, that, that, uh, those things are going to be frowned upon. Yeah. In the day of judgment. And I think that's why, you know, this, this one servant who was given a responsibility and he was given a resource and he didn't do anything with it. He was, uh, he was judged, um, I don't want to say poorly. He was, uh, he was, uh, condemned. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's the same, you know, he's just making a point is that's, that's the same way with us. Yeah. You know, we gotta, 
we got to get out there and, and do everything we can. Yeah. So. All right. I think we're about done. All right. I don't know what's. Yeah. We probably yep. Oh, 28 minutes. Probably don't want to wow. jump into the next one. No. No. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for joining in with us. We hope that it's been uh, edifying. Hopefully that uh, you found it to be interesting. And if you see fit to come back and join us again, yeah. you know, like and subscribe. Uh, tell love to have you. And all that. Yeah. And if you have questions, uh, send them our way. Yep. Until next time. Thanks. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>